0: Welcome once again to Devotional. This is lesson number six for Thursday, November twenty-two. You know, <laughs> there's stuff that I'm just going to spill over, and I'll just say it. Um, yesterday, I talked about you know how Adam and Eve were in a sinless environment. And then on sabbath a good ticket to spend it with god but then it dawned on me you know psalms 19 says that the heavens declare the glories of god creation speaks about god it reveals god romans chapter 1 says the same thing his invisible tra- character traits are seen through the creation so adam and eve did have communion with god god left plenty of lessons books i'm imagining it's almost comparatively to the scriptures because there was no sin on earth and adam and eve had not been polluted by sin Um, In the same way that you and I can engage the Bible and get some clear insights about God's character, all week long, Adam and Eve were gaining new insights about God through their interaction with creation that had not been under the curse of sin and they themselves. So all week long, they were learning things about God. There was communion with Him, but on Sabbath, it was face-to-face. It was set aside for that. And God is offering us that same opportunity each week, that though right now it is still by faith, soon it will be face to face, but in the meantime, Sabbath still becomes a precious blessing, a a tremendous experience that you and I need. Just like we need air, just like we need food, you and I need the Sabbath to be with the Lord. Not the Sabbath day per se, but that through the Sabbath, you and I can have intimate communion with the Lord. So Thursday... An entire day uh, to talk about something that, even when I do do, uh, evangelistic series, I take two nights, uh, about 45 minutes each, to talk about and barely scratch the surface. So (laughs) Thursday, we're talking about death and resurrection. What does that mean? Well, in context of everything that we have talked about, it's interesting that the week begins to wind down with this subject. And it's not simply that Seventh-day Adventists um, are unique in our perspective or our understanding of uh, the state of the dead. There are many other individuals. There's uh, Dr. Fudge, who is um, a, a Protestant theologian, that he has written a book called The Fires That Destroys, and he's not an Adventist, but yet he has come to the true conclusion or the correct conclusion about death and hell. So we're not un- unique so much in this understanding of the death as far as like Sabbath, the sanctuary. We are basically the only church that has that, that sanctuary message uh, uh, understood correctly, biblically. Um, and no other church can, uh, teaches that, especially when it comes to the investigative judgment, the atonement part. But death and the resurrection, it's interesting that we're find, fi- finalizing the lesson with death. I, th- I think that death is that one tangible in our experience that um, makes everything else make sense, it makes everything real why else would you need salvation, right? When we see things die, when we see things decay, scientists do not understand why. Take the human body for example. Um, When a baby is born in our DNA, the DNA has the, the code to tell our cells to replicate way faster than they die. So when a baby is born, that's why they grow. The cells are replicating way faster than they are dying. And so a baby grows, the muscles grow, the skin grows, the eye grows, the bones, they, they grow. And that's why babies, um, as they grow, um, they, they have no wrinkles. <laughs> the, 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 the skin is constantly being made new, and actually there's more skin being made than skin that is dying. But there reaches a point, and this is what, what baffles scientists. It, we are designed to survive, you know, the drive for hunger, they drive for thirst. If we we're just going to be looking at humans as, you know, from an evolutionary point of view, we are designed or, or wired to survive. So why, why do our genes all of a sudden, for no reason at all, slow down the process of cell reproduction? There is no rhyme or reason as to why our genes do that. And it baffles scientists. They, they study it long and hard because they feel that if they were able to crack the reason why the, our genes do that and then stop that, then we become immortal, right? They think we'll be able to gain immortal life simply by tweaking our DNA. Of course, for them, sin is not the real issue. It's just the fact that our bodies die. But the Bible presents a much broader and deeper perspective of what death is. And yes, as Seventh-day Adventists, we do teach correctly that death is a sleep. But that's not the all-in-all of death. This is not the death that God spoke of in Genesis chapter 2, where he told Adam and Eve that they should not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because in the day that they would eat of it, they would surely die. Now, this death that God spoke of in in Genesis chapter 2 is a death of judgment. A death of honoring the decision that a human me would make. In, and that death is not the death that you and I see in the cemeteries today. The death that we see in the cemeteries is the death spoken of in Revelation chapter 20. If you go to Revelation chapter 20, you see that um, the, uh, the wicked are brought back to life. And if you're just listening to this and you're not understanding some of these concepts, please see me. Uh, please, some of the elders at Monroe at Oakwood, um, this is called, the Bible calls this, the second death. Many Christians have been studying the Bible, maybe some Adventists. I didn't really understand these things. I didn't, I didn't understand that there was a second death. And this second death is never called a sleep. In John chapter 11, Jesus calls the death that we see out here simply a sleep. But the Bible speaks about the second death, and it's mentioned several times in the book of Revelation revelation chapter 2 mentions it and then of course like i said in revelation chapter 20. and what this this death is is both a death of judgment god's punishment and god's ultimate irreversible destruction that's death to the fullest extent of that experience and for pagans and egyptian theology and babylonian theology you know what they really reveal as a whole Is the fact that humanity cannot stomach the idea that one day we would not be around anymore. God in the book of Ecclesiastes tells us that God has placed a desire for immortality in our hearts. When God made Adam and Eve he wired us so that we can enjoy life. We love life. We love being alive. And so we can't stomach the idea that someday I'm going to die. And So once humanity began to see other humans dying there was no way to communicate. Hey, are you still there? Hey, can you tell us what it's like? What are you feeling? And so Satan took full advantage of that. Satan, Satan took advantage to probably impersonating dead loved ones and uh, passing on false ideas of what happens after people die. And then all these complicated ideas of the afterlife. You know, the, the Greeks became masterful developments of ideas and they developed even other components like um, purgatory. Um, And other stratas of of heaven, etc. But the whole thing, the whole thing centers around the fact that we as humans cannot stomach the idea of never existing again. It's painful. You can go to YouTube and and search for a conversation that um, Larry King has with Dr. Uh, DeGrasse in regards to immortality. And Larry King expresses what I think every normal human being expresses. He cannot think of not being around, of no longer existing. And that's the the experience that God does not want any human being to have, because it will happen. In Revelation chapter 20, the Bible tells us of this thing the Bible calls God's strange act. It, the day in which God will destroy the creatures He's created to live for eternity, to live in a relationship with Him, God will take away their lives and they will be as though they had never existed. That is a painful experience to have. But the gospel tells us that when Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't a death that we see in the cemeteries that He experienced, it was the death of of revelation chapter 20 jesus took that second death that death of eternity that death of irreversible consequence that's the death that jesus tasted for every human being for you god made us for relationships that's that's what we concluded yesterday's uh podcast and because god made us for relationships relationships can be and need to be experienced forever for eternity That's the pain of when I go to funerals. That's why I weep with my church members. When I see the widow, the widower, weeping by the casket, their life companion of 20, 30, 50 years, no longer able to talk or respond or be present. Death disrupts relationships. And Jesus came to take that penalty so that we could once again be restored to relationships with Him and one another and never, ever have to say goodbye. Praise God! This is the beauty of understanding these topics. And like I said, this week we're barely touching the, the tip of the icebergs. I'm hoping that this motivates you to dig deeper as a 7th day Adventist. Seek and study to understand what we believe and why we believe it in the big picture. Connect the dots. Once you do this, you'll begin to see how true the statement is that God is love. God is love, meaning mean, God is a God of relationships. He made you to be in a relationship with Him, in a relationship that would last forever. And that's just you with Him, but you and your spouse, you and your children, you and your family. What a wonderful God we serve.